up everybody and welcome back to the coolest uh-huh. mixed martial arts podcast in the world easily the neon belly podcast we are your host nate el wapo and brandon boys today we're gonna recap last night's ufc fight night which was headlined by jarzinho rosenstreich versus alexander volkov then we'll give you our picks and predictions for this Saturday night's UFC 275, which Singapore. features two title fights. Yes, the UFC's first pay-per-view in Singapore. Um, glad to have a UFC pay-per-view back, though. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, feel like it's been a while. Then we are going to rank five of the UFC's hottest unranked prospects in a segment we'll just call Rank the Unranked. Mm-hmm. Easy enough. And finally, all the news and happenings in the world of MMA. And I'm sure John's going to want to talk about some boxing. All that and more. But first, boys, how are we doing on a beautiful, beautiful Sunday in central Indiana? I'm doing well. Yeah. I'm pretty good. I, I'm a little... So I, I officially entered into the tournament, the Fuji tournament for yes. the 25th. So like... Little thing about me, I have terrible anxiety when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like, mm. even since, like, wrestling in high school for four years, two years in middle school, every match I would get, like, very, very nauseous, like, really nervous. Same so thing with like jiu-jitsu. Competition anxiety? Yeah, like, I, it's sure. so, it's really bad. So, oh, yeah, like, for sure. we're three weeks out, and I already get, I still got, like, butterflies, and I'm, like, mm-hmm. thinking about it all the time now. And then when like, you start thinking about it, you get butterflies. Yeah, it gets worse. You start picturing yourself in the matches. Yep. and yeah. So. Yeah, I guess that makes you understand, like, why people just like to, like, break off from other people maybe just like some people like play video games a lot like stuff that just kind of gets their mind off of it mm-hmm. so they're not just concentrating on it so hard yeah so then i go back and forth between like do i want to just distract myself and then all of a sudden like it's the day or do i want to like try to visualize that kind of thing and like ease my my mind about it i don't know i would say go the visualize i think you're i think you're doing the right thing yeah just keep visualizing it and because mm-hmm. then at least you go through it in your head like yeah. if you picture yourself walking out on the mat fist bumping the guy or yeah. girl, maybe you want. I mean, you might decide to compete in the women's division. I, I thought know. I actually sat there for about a couple minutes thinking about it. Like you just maybe under <laughs> part because you have to pick. Yeah, right? and you can pick what you want now. Yes, yeah. so. there wasn't a third option, but I was going to protest and just yeah. you know go go female. Right. But um, no, so this is actually this is the first tournament I've done in about three or four years. So it's been a minute. So right. I'm trying to tell myself, you know, I'm a blue belt now. I'm like getting getting closer to purple. Sure. Um, you, you know, really think you really think that? Yeah, I don't think I'm close to purple, but <laughs> I think I'm getting every, close. every day. You get one I'm step t- closer. Totally, yeah. Totally, so my, totally. But what I'm telling myself is, I'm I'm better than I was for sure three years ago. So I just need to. Can I just say something? A couple weeks ago, Jacob said nobody, none of us blue belts are getting purple belts until Kyle gets his brown. Which fair enough. Yeah, one hundred percent, thousand percent fair enough. But look how long it took Kyle to get a purple belt. Number one. Got to be into the future. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so there's that off top. But then it's like, but then number two, you got to get Kyle to like show up. Like not, not meaning like he doesn't show up, but like he doesn't care. Boy yeah. Like, so, boy does not like geese. Yeah. So then when you're talking like ceremonial stuff, he's probably just like, I don't know, dude, maybe next week, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, he always says like, I want to win a big tournament before I get like yeah. my, my brown belt or whatever. But it's like, but then he never enters in a big tournament. He'll just beat so many like higher belted people. Than yeah. It's crazy. Tournaments. It's crazy. Yeah. And he, like I said, I wasn't meaning he doesn't show up as in he doesn't train. He trains probably more than almost anybody. Sure. But 24-7 to the, on but, the job. Yeah. But in like, a restaurant. but to the ceremonial stuff, he could just care less. I think. Yeah. Fair yeah, play. Yeah. I think you're doing the right thing too with 
with the visualization thing because when we were you know doing music and we'd have big performances we would do walkthroughs where we even do like our intros like in between stuff like how we would want to say things because mm-hmm. i mean you're putting yourself in front of you know x amount of people yeah so i would say that's probably your best way if you need like me and him to like do like some fake crowd noise when you're training or something get him choke him out yeah no i want to do i just want to show up and do the uh jason clay guida slaps i just want to slap you and then let you go out there and compete (laughs) i don't know how i how i would do with that i don't know if that would help or make me like where i don't know that's interesting i just want to slap you i don't like being slapped i specifically don't like being slapped. i make you mad i can see your face getting so red yeah Yeah. like not even from the slap but just as much as just and i'm gonna kill this guy oh i love it how you doing over there my man i'm good man just um trying to think did i do anything graduation yeah oh gosh yeah so Went to, yeah, Kokomo High School graduation, and um, I graduated there. You both graduated from there. And so you guys know, I, I think I was doing the math in my head. I think that was either my fifth or my sixth, including my own, that I've had to sit through. Mm-hmm. And if anybody knows, I mean, here's the thing. Like, if you're down in, like, Indianapolis or a bigger city, sure, the high schools are a little bit bigger. Um, I think last, this past Friday, I think their graduating class was, like, 349, which isn't the biggest Kokomo. For, high school, for Kokomo? Yeah. Wow, that's pretty small. Or maybe it was 439. It might have been in the fours, but see, I think we were in the fives. Yeah, like, I think we had, like, 900 by freshman year, and by the time we graduated, like it was, like, 500. 500 something. We had 530. 530. something. It's usually where they're about. So this one was a little bit smaller, but gosh, man, Anybody that's ever been to like Memorial Gym here in Kokomo, Indiana, <laughs> it, historical. it's historical, but, but <laughs> that means it doesn't have proper ventilation, yeah. AC circulation. Ventilation was put in in the 20s. My I boy. mean, dude, it's like, and then it's like one of, it used to be, I could be wrong about this, but it used to be one of the biggest high school gymnasiums in the state. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like a double court behind the bleachers. Yeah, it's a like, big gymnasium, so they just pack it full, man. And it is rises. Hot. You're up at the top, oh, and then you got to get there. Graduation doesn't even start till seven thirty. You have to, the doors open an hour early, and you almost have to get there an hour early just to get a decent yeah. seat. Yeah. Parking is horrible. Oh gosh, dude, it's just it's such a nightmare. I mean, you know, it's always awesome, but you know, to see like that, you know, cause I was, I was telling Ash, we were talking, I was like, as the graduates were walking out to their seats, I'm like, I just like visualize myself being like walking into that gymnasium as a graduate. And you're like, you just feel like you are the yeah. man, like you've got it. Figured. Now life's about to take and off. And it's just like, and I looked at Ash as they're walking in. I'm like, look at the, like, they just have no idea what, to, <laughs> like when they wake up tomorrow, it all starts, man. And it's like, yep. but it, I mean, it's cool. Like they should enjoy that moment. But like, you know, you could just see some of them think they're just on top of the world and it is good feeling but it's like you guys have no idea (laughs) yeah life happens tomorrow like that you fast yeah for sure so meanwhile me and this dude and chase are at the strawberry festival yeah Yeah. i didn't even get to go by time graduation got out it was over so 17th street had uh Jerk chicken and steak tacos oh. with like a strawberry salsa on oh. it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I didn't want to send you pictures because I know you were going through it out there, but oh, I was yeah. definitely going to tell you today. We were, we were <laughs> trying. We were. Our goal was to make it down there after, mm-hmm. and yeah. just didn't happen. By the time you get out and then you get pictures, it was my little sister that graduated, so there's just no no room for it. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, congratulations. Not just Kokomo, but anybody listening, if you graduated, I know it's that time of the year. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. But we got some fights to talk about. Let's Big stuff. Day. John, 
Let the people know. We need them to rate, follow, subscribe, all the above. Let them know where they can do all this. Listen, guys, if you're on an iPhone listening to this podcast, go to your Apple Podcast app. Look us up. Give us five stars. Give us a review. It boosts us. We like to read them. We love that interaction. Spotify now has a rating system, and you can leave reviews on there. We're on Instagram, Neon Belly Podcast, where we post videos, and we interact on there. And then we're also on TikTok, still going hard on there, Neon Belly Podcast. We're trying to come up with some exclusive stuff for that. So come out. Show us some love. You know, we interact back. It's just me on TikTok because these guys are (laughs) cavemen when it comes to that. But yeah. Well, Brandon just anti-China. I have yeah. more of an excuse. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> his strong <laughs> stance. Strong. But Nate Nate has an iPhone, though, so I don't know what your excuse is. I just don't want... Dude, I barely... Like, I, I'm not good at... I don't do social media. You know, like, I'm just mm-hmm. not really into it. You're okay with this? I mean, somebody has to carry this boat. Okay. I it just seems the, like it always falls on me, but I, I actually have social a, media. Like, I literally have a I, flip phone. Yeah, I have it, but, like... You do have, like, a tablet, though. I have a computer. But one of my friends just... What happened to your little... I mean, that's a tablet, oh, too, yeah, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I call it... Yeah, same thing. But yeah. one of my friends just had a birthday, and I, like, had to get him, like, a day late. I'm like, hey, man, I just don't... Like, I really just have Facebook to communicate with group chats and stuff. Like, I was like, I just... Only use Instagram for me, you, and Damien's yeah, Instagram Yeah, chat. dude, literally, like, that's what my social media is. It's just, like, I have random group chats with people that I enjoy communicating with, and it's just easier <laughs> than text. But I don't do, like, a, a ton of scrolling. Right. So, to just keep adding more social media is, like, yeah. just not worth it. But we are on there. I, yes. I do get back to people. We all get back to people on Instagram, so sure. definitely... Hit us up and let us know what you think. We love getting your guys' opinion because we're just out here spatting stuff that we're thinking, but it's not always right. That's very true. Unless it's me talking. No, especially when Brandon's talking. (laughs) It's always right. It's nine times out of ten. Not correct. (laughs) Yeah. Boys. TikTok will tell you that. Yes. Let's get into it. Last night, before we get to UFC 275, which (sighs) I am pumped for this card, but last night... UFC fight night, Vegas 56, I believe. 56 or 57. Something like that. Alexander Volkov defeating Jarzinho Rosenstreich via knockout in two minutes of round one. Um, Really, really landed some big punches there. But today, as we sit, everybody is talking about the stoppage. Mm -hmm. Was it too early? Your guys' thoughts. Because I personally, I guess given mine right off the bat, I feel like it could have went on 30 more seconds, but there's no way Rosenstreich was going to survive that, I felt. I felt like he was pretty much out of there. Well, I thought he was definitely hurt. I think the fact that, like, when he did step in, he literally was able to just turn around and, like... It is tough. Be re- especially when you see, you know, some of these heavyweight fights where these guys are recovering and knocking the other guy out, or... But do you feel like, for that, there was a five-second period there where he, in my opinion, like, was not intelligently defending himself? And I feel like that's where it becomes... So tough to be a ref- referee, right. you know, in Herb Dean's position there, where you see a guy for, you know, and for us, you know, we say five seconds. For Herb Dean, that could have felt like 30. Right. You know, so yeah. you're watching this guy get teed off on. He's not defending himself. You just jump in. Yeah, I think it's tough because there wasn't, like, a huge, like, where he does, like, his eyes roll back. I, see, or, I think there was. I mean, he kind of, like, think he, his he, head kind of went crazy. I think he went to the cage, and then he bent over, and then Volkov was trying to throw punches from behind him, and that's when it got broke up. But. So didn't he lose his mouth guard, too? Yes. Yeah. yeah. With the first punch. And I, and I think another thing, too, is, like, when guys are hurt, you know, they're so zoomed in that also you have to take account the legs. So, like, we're not always getting a shot of the full body, but mm-hmm. when you see it from different angles, his legs were all wide. I mean, he you yeah. could, he was going to go down regardless. It's, yeah, it's just tough because, like, we all have favorite fighters who have been in a similar situation oh, and recovered yeah. and won the fight or, you know, had a better chance. So I, I think just, for, for him, he probably would rather get, like, put down or put out 
if you're a Rose Oh, I think any you know, fighter would for right. sure. Um, but I will say he was in danger from the jump. I feel yeah, like Volkov just, put on a performance. Yeah. And I didn't think it was the. I think the ending is still the same. I just think it's prolonged if you don't stop it for sure as quick. So I definitely think it was early. Um, but I agree with Nate in that I really don't think that was going to go any better if you yeah. attack on an extra 15 seconds 20 seconds like i think that was kind of the story of the fight because from jump like it just looked like it was going to be old volkov yes um i think there was one flurry where rosenstrug actually looked threw dangerous some, threw he threw stuff. a big right hand and it hit but 90 yeah. percent of that fight was he was flat-footed his hands were down he couldn't get inside volkov was teeping yep. landing big shots and then, and then the big one mm -hmm. yeah i guess my question would be because i'm all about the objectivity right is how long do you guys think a fighter should be able to unintelligently defend themselves to, to where it's like, okay, now let's jump in? Or do you think it's just so subjective depending on the yeah, context? I think yeah. it's just so, it is so tough. And like I said, you know, for us, you know, we saw him land maybe four or five unpan unanswered punches. Maybe it was only like three seconds where he wasn't responding or, 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 right. or intelligently defending himself. But once again, when you're the third guy in the cage, as Herb Dean was, and you're having to make that split decision, you know, right. that probably feels like an eternity to some point, you know, like for us, where we're seeing it yeah. like in regular time sitting on our couches, he's in there, everything's probably sped up or slowed down. I don't know, well, but it's just a tough call to make. I think what it is, is him seeing the mouthpiece fly out it's in the probably, optics, yeah. probably put him into a His legs, because, the body jerky. Because there was other fights where, you know, last night where guys were on the ground getting hit and he's, the ref's telling him, hey, I'm about to stop it, do something. They don't and then yeah. they stop it. Rosenstruck didn't get that same option, but I think, like I said, I think the mouthpiece coming out and then kind of hunching over maybe gave him a, oh, this is sure. this is maybe a little bit more over than he than it is for him or or how you want to say it. But it is, I mean, it's a tough call yeah. either way. Yeah, I was just going to say, in the first shot that he landed where he really stumbled, yeah. him, you know, again, it goes back to the optics, right? Because mm -hmm. I, I don't know. His hands were up and he was kind of leaned over and turned away. I don't know. There's it's a lot of, it, it I wouldn't want that job. No, no, for sure. And uh, it is, you know, and, and I'm sure if you're, you know, Jarzinho Rosenstroik today, you're like, go back and watch the Alistair Overing fight, dog. Because, right. like, we're sitting here saying, you know, it was all Volkov, which it was. I mean, that fight was trending like it was looking like it was going to be a one, just a robbery. But you go back and he's like, dude, I've done this. I do right. this. Fifth round, five seconds, dude. Like, no. I, I can end this fight at any time. So I, I could see both sides of it. The optics of it weren't great. I think Herb Dean made a decision. I don't think his decision – I don't think that fight was going to go out of the first round because – even if Rosenstroik would have ate a couple more, he would have went down. I think Volkov could have followed him to the ground, you mm -hmm. know, submitted him, you know, got him on. I mean, it was just, it was going to be rough, but he was already starting to eat up that lead leg of yeah. Rosenstroik too. And I mean, that was going to start stifling a lot of his movement eventually as well. Yeah, and it, it is tough because we have seen plenty of fights this year where guys get done brutally in the first round and come back in the second and win. Um, yeah. So it is hard to say, but, you know, you just got to, when it comes to those fights, do your best and, Sometimes the referee steps in and you just got to kind of take it for what it is because you weren't looking good in that situation. So that's, for sure. that's about all you had. The co-main event, Mavzar Ivroyev <sighs> defeats Dan 50K Ige via unanimous decision, 30-27, two judges. One judge, 30-26, gave mm -hmm. Ivroyev a uh, 10-8 round in there. Um, I mean... I know you guys both picked Danny Gay, so I'll right. let you lead this dance because I'm not surprised, mother. <laughs> that's, right. how I, that's how I am today. But right. you, you guys can go ahead and say what you thought from your perspectives. Because actually, yeah, let's start with Brandon because Brandon was a he was not he wasn't very convinced on Evil. Yeah. So okay. So 
Uh, let's start with the positives, right? So it was good. I mean, it was a great performance. Sure. He out wrestled him everywhere. That knee. Um, the knee he landed <sighs> twice looked beautiful. Shout out to Ege's um, chin. His stand up looked better than what I had expected. Yeah. Um, I, I that's what I'll say. I, you know, it was a good fight. It was a fantastic performance. He's right where he belongs in the top ten. Sure. Um, but you mentioned something when we led up to this fight. You you'd said that the fight before you you didn't see that kind of killer. That, yeah, killer instinct. Finishing. That finishing, finishing yeah. mentality. Let's say sure. And I was thinking about that this whole fight because mm-hmm. he was on his back a lot. Yeah. And the two times that he did kind of sit to his butt to go for that, go for the neck, mm-hmm. or the two times Ige either escaped yeah. or started to kind of reverse position. So I, you know, so in my head, I'm wondering how much is he sort of uncomfortable in the jujitsu realm, let's say, and how much of it is he just really, you know, he just does prefer to kind of be on top, pepper in position, like Kobe, because to be fair. Colby Covington is very much the same animal. Like, he, he sure. doesn't do a lot of, you know, he's got one rear naked choke, I think, finish. The rest, he's on top of guys peppering him from that turtle spot. And nobody bats an eye about him and saying he's boring or doesn't have the killer right. instinct. So why it's not necessarily fair, in my view, to look at Ivoilov that way. Sure. But I, so here's my perspective of Ivoilov. I think defensively he is sound as a pound, baby. Like that dude, I think he has great. I think he knows what he's doing down there. Um, I mean, he's got a great uh, jujitsu coach, Pahumpa, down at ATT. And and the thing about it is with um with because like you know you go back to, like I said to that Nick Lenz fight. He fought out of how many really really mm-hmm. deep uh, guillotine chokes, which is like a game stuff for Nick Lenz. Um, last night, you know, we saw uh, Ige throw up like a triangle at one point he fought his way out of um i feel like every time i see guys going for stuff defensively i think he looks really good to me there's something on the back like we talked about with the um hakeem dawadu fight he was on hakeem's back for literally almost two whole rounds mm-hmm. um and did not find a way to finish a choke and you know got pretty deep on the neck a couple of times real tight on the neck um so to me there's something there i don't know if it's positionally on the back that he's he's struggling with because we saw it again last night got to like you said got to his back a couple of times and just really couldn't finish that choke so i guess for me he lost position the two times sure, he, he went but for that's it. what I'm saying. It seems like there's something positionally with offensive jujitsu. I think defensively he he's good. I, I there's not really many people I would say, you know, I'd have to go through 145 where I'm like, you know, off if they throw stuff up, I mean, I feel like he can get out of almost anything. And credit to get because it's not easy to hold somebody's back. And no. Anybody who's done jujitsu sure. at a high level Very understands true. that. So that's there's that too. I'm not saying and there's people that are really good at it, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's not an easy thing to accomplish so, always. but no i mean in terms of from where i was a week ago looking at this guy looking at him now i'm i'm, a, I'm more convinced that he definitely is where he belongs um a performance like that against dk it's hard to knock against yeah, him but and i because how this all started is hot take alert and i still feel that way today this guy's two to three fights away i think from a title shot i really mm-hmm. do 16 and 0 i mean he's 16 and 0 right now he wins two more you're looking at just beat number 10 so yeah you're looking at 18 19 in a row i called mean called out brendan allen or uh arnold allen arnold I mean. allen yeah i mean you know, it's really, really hard not to give a guy who's, you know, just running through people. I mean, he's not finishing, but yeah. he, he is dominating. No, and it wins so. a, a win, well, right? Well, and I think the two most dangerous things that he showed in this is an improvement. Well, one thing is an improvement from the last fight, and then one thing is just something he brings. He didn't allow Dan Ige to land the big shots. Like, he yeah. didn't get comfortable. He kept his guard up. He was always moving, looking for his own takedowns, or I feel like in the Dawadu fight, in the third, he kind of let off a little bit, and he was able to get hit a couple See, times. See, that was my only critique. I did feel like uh, from the second, in the second and third round, definitely in the second round, weirdly, 
in the last, like, at the end of the round, I feel like he faded in both of those rounds a little mm-hmm. bit, which I don't know if he just kind of took the gas off a little bit, uh, right. talking about Ivloyev. Yeah. Um, but I did feel like he faded a little bit. But if you go back, like I said, when we were talking, previewing this fight, though, what you just said is exactly, because I saw what Josh Emmett did. I mean, a very similar fights, but mm-hmm. I mean, as good as Josh Emmett is, I feel like what we just saw from Ivloyev was even more dominant than what Josh Emmett was able to do to Ige. Yeah, and, and I think the what he brings to this division that is like dangerous is as far as like what he brings in variety he probably has the best takedowns in the division as far as the different ways he goes about it yeah he's doing ankle picks he's doing trips like there's not an angle where he can't shoot a takedown or get it to a a better position and it's like it's weird because usually you think like oh you know miss a punch in the double leg and this dude's like sidestepping doing an ankle pick you know doing a trip like he's the way he mixes it up and the way he's able to you know regain control i think that's part of maybe why he doesn't go so aggressive on the back because he knows he can control there could be um but yeah he's dangerous do you guys think we see winner of him allen if assuming they match up and then winner of ortega Yair? it could fall i mean yeah it depends i I don't know he he, like john said you know he did say he want mobzar did say he wants um uh, Arnold Allen in like what is that fight in like two weeks three weeks something like that mm-hmm. he said he could turn around and fight him in England um, I did see uh, Arnold Allen responded last night basically said like like no surely we're gonna look up right like and he said he wants the Korean zombie right um, so he's clearly doesn't really have an appetite for that fight against Ivloyov, um, which if I'm watching that fight last night I don't think I'd want to fight him no. either yeah, it's a tougher fight I, I mean think, it's he's a monster he's a machine like John said I mean just the way he chains takedowns together you know you stuff like Ige is uh, he's got really good takedown defense and mm-hmm. you know he would stuff or you know get through one takedown attempt and then Ivloyov was already chained into his next uh takedown so he did a good job Ige did a good job of starting to get up but I just think that Ivolov just brought. He was controlling that wrist, so he only had one hand to try to get up. Yeah, and was ever never able to really solidly get to where he wanted to be. So agreed. Really good fight. Last fight that I want to uh, mention. Excuse me, Lucas Almeida in his Ooh. UFC debut, defeating Michael Trezano via knockout. Fifty five seconds uh, left in round three. Um, those two were banging shout out to both of those guys great fight um but to you know for lucas almeida to be you know a guy as seasoned as trezano in the ufc in your first fight uh congrats to him man. and that's one that in the first round might have could have been stopped he was in deep yeah. water in that first round and credit to trezano i mean trezano yeah. got his licks into you know they mm-hmm. were cracking each other man it was a great great fight um anything on that fight though or any other fights before we move on i was really impressed by that uh oday osborne yeah the jamaican sensation i need to go watch that's i didn't get to see that fight yeah he was it was he had his hands down a lot they said he's like a catch wrestler is what they described him as okay freestyle wrestler something like that he's from jamaica trains in i think vegas but he he kept his hands down so it was like paul felder was like man he's being dangerous being dangerous stepped back and just threw a counter right over and just put the dude to sleep man mm-hmm. 11 and 4 2 in the flyweight that's a really good record so you could see him making a splash really soon for sure and carolina man congrats oh, to yeah, her yeah uh, she then, needed that yeah defeating felice herrig and, and then uh, felice, felice Han retiring retiring yeah. and brain is pretty ate up about that yeah sorry man it's okay the good ones all we, have to yeah, go at some I mean, point can't stay forever habib now felice <laughs> i don't know jeez man <laughs> so he might you, stop watching if you have brandon's phone number call him this week and Check on him. Yeah, he he needs some love. If that's it, boys. Oh, Brandon, 
Before we get into UFC 275, update us on our points. All right. So, Nate, you were the, the big leader there when in terms of points taken away for. Um, so, currently, the point standings, John, you had two, so you have 28. Um, Nate, you have 34, and I didn't have any, so I'm at 36. So, it's getting, getting a little tighter. Yeah. Tipped it. Tipped and the we scales. got a big one coming up. We got three fights we're picking for this time. Yeah. Breathing down your neck. <laughs> yeah, we're picking for three this week, and boy, are they three, Oof. three great fights. I'm super excited for UFC 275, boys. This Saturday night, June 11th, live from Singapore. I think it's Kalong, Singapore. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. But uh, they're going to be at the Singapore Indoor Stadium. Um, and I also don't know if I'm saying Singapore right. I feel like people say Singapore, Sing. I say Singapore. Yeah, Singapore. I say, I say Singapore too. Singapore. But. Okay. I think that's. I think. I think it's right. It I could know. be like a Midwest thing where we're saying it really oh, wrong dude, and people yeah. just don't care. Don't even get me going. <laughs> As John mentioned in the intro, this is the UFC's first ever trip to Singapore in the promotion's history. But before we get to the fight, you didn't think just because we're going to Asia, I wasn't going to hit you with a little fun fact, did ya? Mm-hmm. Boys, mm-hmm. curious what this could be. Little fun fact about Singapore. Is that right? Singapore. 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 Is how I say it. It is one of only three surviving city states left in the world. And my question is can you guys, for $5, name the other two? Mm. What do you mean by city state? Okay, so Brandon's out because <laughs> he doesn't even know what a city state is. Can you explain I'm, it? Um, it is basically, um, so it's kind of like a country within a country, but they operate with the, like they have their own borders, their own money, but it's in a country. Um, so like, I'll give you the, I'll, okay. Cause so, I they have their, so they have their own flags, their own government yes, outside of the own, rest of China. Own, own money. Yeah. Well, they're in, uh, Singapore is in Asia, uh, Malaysia. Um, so is, I'll, I'll give Cuba you Cuba one. No. Uh. Okay. John, you guys both are going to get close. The easiest one is the Vatican city. Oh, um, yeah. So it's within Washington, D.C. Yeah, yeah. So it's in Rome or Italy or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Washington. Uh, so, you know, but they have Vatican has its own borders, its own government or whatever, you know, own police. The other one is Monaco, mm. which is in France, home of the Formula One Monaco Grand Prix, which t- just took place last week. If you guys watch the best sport on earth, you would know that. Yeah. The UFC. Yeah, I'll give you that. Well, that's surprising considering <laughs> Mr. Boxing over here. So, so that's true. So, Vatican City, Monaco, and Singapore are the three only three city states left in the world. If you didn't look that up, how many how many guesses do you think it would take you to get one of those? Well, I knew the Vatican. I would have never got Singapore, uh, but mm. I, I knew the Vatican was a city state, um, and then I knew Monaco just from watching F one yeah. was a city state. Definitely and, wouldn't have guessed Monaco because watching the Drive to Survive oh, uh, documentary, yeah. all the drivers basically live in Monaco and then one of them's from there. So it's, it's a, if you're a formula one fan, um, like Brandon, who should have known that you would know top three racers go, uh, Elio Castroneves. What? Um, who is that? These sound like indie drivers. Dale Earnhardt. Yep. Dale Earnhardt. <laughs> yeah. Senior. Uh, and junior. That's three, baby <laughs> boys. Let's get to the fights though. This Saturday night, our main event, UFC 275, Glover Teixeira, the light heavyweight champ, defends his title against Jiri Prohashka. Boys, this is the first 
title defense for new champ Glover Teixeira since winning the title in October of last year from the champ Jan Blachowicz, former champ that is. At 42 years of age, Glover is currently on a six-fight win streak. That is insane. Shout out to Glover, no matter what, for that. Um, That streak he's going to look to extend as he faces one of the hottest and possibly fastest rising prospects in the UFC light heavyweight division and possibly in modern history of the organization of all time, Jiri Prohashka. Boys, Jiri is getting his first UFC title shot after just two fights in the UFC. The former Risen champ is coming in off back-to-back wins in the UFC over Volkan Ozdemir in his debut, and most recently, Dominic Reyes. Both of those wins came by second-round knockouts. And if you need a little bit more understanding on why Prohashka is getting a title shot in just his third UFC fight, just know he is currently on a 13-fight win streak in his career with 12 of those 13 coming by knockout or KO finishes. TKO in finishes. A row? Um, no, I think there was a – seems like there was might have been a decision in there, okay. but it could be in a row. He's got like a 96.6% finish rate in his career, which Who's, is just – Who starts off in the UFC with two ranked opponents? It's crazy. And, well, and yeah, but he – because he hasn't just been beating scrubs outside right. of the UFC either. When he was in Risen, he's beat Vadim Nemkov. He's beat Bruno Capeloza, who just won the PFL right. heavyweight uh, season last year. He's beat King Mo. He's beat Fabio Maldonado. He beat CB Dalloway in his last – risen fight i mean mm-hmm. this guy is seasoned right. there's a reason why he's had this fast rise and gotten all these accolades he deserves it boys if you can't tell i'm pumped for this fight <laughs> your thoughts because i got a lot baby so do you want to start you want me to go you can go ahead man this is i almost don't even know where to start with this fight. i know so for me the biggest question mark is honestly glover like the fact that he's gotten here to it's me crazy. is so 42 wild. years old so i was doing to me this a little bit of mma math here because i think Jan Blahovic, who was Glover's last win, has shown that he is a little lackluster in terms of takedown defense yes. and ground game. Sure. Right. I think Reyes would probably be much harder to take down, is much harder to take down and more athletic. When it comes to Yuri and Glover, I just don't know how, how good Yuri is with takedown defense. Yeah. I'm just really not sure. Well, I think the fact that he's so unorthodox, too, he, he'll probably be hard to pin down. Sure. Because he just does so much weird stuff with movement and the way he's positioned. And I think for me, the biggest take, like when I look at these guys, when I look at Glover and I look at the guys who's beat him, it's very explosive strikers. Sure. Guys who, you know, Anthony Smith and, and Jan, they, they have good striking, but it's not like explosive, like I'll end the fight in one shot. Yeah. Where when you look at like uh, Gustafsson, like when you look back at that fight, he was picking Glover apart and it was almost like, man, this old guy needs to get out of here. And obviously he's bounced back since then. Right. But I think Yuri has that type of striking to where he can land some really big like rumble type shots that can really change a fight because he did it against Reyes. He, the fight's looking like a little, uh, I'm not looking too good for you. And then boom. Though it's spinning something and it's over. Well, I think Glover, I think he's really kind of shown his hand. I think we know what Glover wants to do. Yeah. He's going to come out there, try to take him down, and try to finish him on the ground. Um, but I think historically, too, you look at the Santos fight, Glover's very hittable. He's still very, yeah, for sure. still, you can still drop him. Um, Chin is is there, but I mean, he's 42. Right. So if Yuri catches him with a spinning back elbow or whatever knee. he wants, yeah. I, you know, I don't know how well it's going to hold up. But 
I don't know. I'm just not familiar with Yuri's ground game like that. I don't I, know what he looks so like. So I'm not either. If you go back to Yuri's last loss, I think he's like 25 and two in his career. If my memory serves, maybe I think he does have two losses. Could be a little off on the wins there. Yeah. I know in my rundown, I just said that he beat King Mo, but actually that was a rematch because the first time they fought, King Mo beat Yuri. It's been some years ago, uh, but knowing that King Mo's a wrestler. I have to assume because I'm pretty sure it was a submission or a decision mm-hmm. victory. I have to assume King Mo was probably doing a lot of wrestling. I'm right. just assuming. I couldn't find the fight. I'm sure it's out there. Mm-hmm. Didn't do the research. My bad. Um, but I don't think I need to do the research because I still feel like no matter what, though, um, no matter how it chalks up, not really knowing much of what Yuri's capable of on the ground because I agree with you. There's not a big sample size, at least in the UFC for sure. Um, I still have to believe Glover is going to hold that advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Yuri has said as much. He knows He knows what this is, you know, and uh, he's got to defend that. Um, but, you know, Glover, you, like Brandon said, he does – the chin's questionable. We've seen him get hurt. We've seen him get rocked. But he is willing to take that shot to get – you know, he's willing to take one to get what he wants. So it's going to be interesting. Um, I, I, like I said, I just – I can't say enough about how excited I am for this fight. Uh, just – and just how crazy it is, like, like I said, in two – or hit in his third now UFC fight that this guy's getting a title shot is just insane. Yeah. One thing that's interesting for Yuri is he's only has three fights that gone past the third round or got to the third round. I mean, sure. Um, most of his finishes are first round. I mean, he has probably more first round finishes than maybe anybody ever. Look at this. Yeah. It's, it's, all, pr- it's, it's literally insane. all ones. Oh, wow. Well, like I said, like 96% finish rate in his career is just, yeah. And crazy. then with, you know, with Glover being durable, it is interesting to see what happens if he can't put him away in the first, yes. second, third. Yeah. You know, you get to these championship mm-hmm. rounds, having that, having your A game being jujitsu plays a lot better to you because sure. you can do that tired. Yeah. You can't necessarily throw big strikes. I mean, some yeah. guys do, but the way he, the way that Erie is explosive and the way he moves around, I don't know how that looks in round four and five. It's going to be interesting. That's what, see, the five round aspect to me, if, if, if we get that far. That mm-hmm. is that is going to be a very very interesting thing and but like I said man there and I'm not comparing Gary and Anthony Smith by any stretch of the imagination but I cannot get that fight out of my head going into this one for some reason mm-hmm. what he did Anthony Smith just it's just because Anthony Smith was this young big athletic you know everything like that to me was the turning point in this rise for Glover right where we really saw him take this new form on and like oh this dude's legit mm-hmm. at 40 plus years old and I just cannot get like I'm not saying he's gonna be able to do it to Yuri but there's just something about that fight that I just keep thinking like man Mm -hmm. what if like you know because we just don't like Brandon said we just don't know about Yuri but having said all that what we do know about Yuri is this dude is a freak he's He's insane (laughs) he's in he's obsessed with this sport he trains he kicks trees down I mean he's just he's kooky he's he's the right kind of crazy oh yeah and his and and that's just you know that's not even speaking to his fighting style I mean he's just a fun athletic Mm -hmm. Dynamic striker. Best I'm hair in the UFC. Crazy hair. The dude just psycho. And then I can't get that little clip of when Glover was walking out of the arena after he beat Beyond and it just pans to Yuri <laughs> and he's just, like, Yup, let's go. He's <laughs> just shaking his head like, Yup. And I'm just like, That to me, not to bury my pick, but that stands out a little bit more in my head. I'm mm-hmm. like, This dude is on a freaking mission. Let's get to our picks. John, Alrighty. who are you taking in this main event? I'm taking Yuri Prohashka. I think he just has that exciting knockout power that the guys who have been able to beat Glover have brought. And I'm going to say second round TKO. I'm saying Yuri too, man. I think it's going to be quick. I am saying knockout in the first round. Um, 
Brandon hit it on the head, man. I just I think Glover's hittable, and I just think if Yuri touches him, man, that dude's got some power. He's got the accuracy, everything you want. Oh man, part of me really wants to go with the underdog just because you both. But it's so it's not a bad pick. First round I mean, knockout was my pick. You anything's took possible. You, you took my pick. This is mixed martial arts. You took second round, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Hmm. And Vegas has it pretty close. They have um, Jiri is a minus two hundred and Glover is a plus one. Because I think what it is, man, if you're on the Glover side of things, like I said, you just can't ignore the fact that when he takes guys down, they do not get back yeah, up. That's it, and that's been a theme, but. I just, but I, we just keep running in circles here. But you just see the clips of him getting knocked down all the time too. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's just such a fascinating matchup, man. I just literally can't Play, wait. Playing some strategy here. Um, I'll take Yuri third round KO. Okay. Yeah. I see what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Brandon's in it for the points. Yeah. yeah. Brandon wants that. Got to t- keep it close. Yeah. Brandon wants that <laughs> title, baby. If you guys get three, I need to at least get one. Boys, let's get to this co-main event. Another title for the UFC women's flyweight title valentina shevchenko versus tyla santos boys valentina is stepping into her eighth consecutive ufc title fight this saturday night currently she is on an eight fight win streak after her most recent fight which was a four-round battering of lauren murphy last Mm -hmm. september her opponent tyla santos is one a lot of people think at least on paper will be one of her toughest opponents in a long time Mm -hmm. Uh, tyla is 19 and 1 in her career 5 and 1 in the ufc and is currently riding a four fight win streak Um, she also brings 10 career knockouts into this matchup and that's the area i think that has a lot of people very interested in this matchup she's also a phenomenal grappler um so how will Tyla's aggressive stand-up look against the tactician, Valentina? Your guys' thoughts. This is an interesting one, but I will say this. What, what makes this a little bit a little bit easier for me is, or I mean, it is what it is. I mean, Valentina's Valentina. But I think it's sure. Santos really hasn't fought. The, I mean, the best person she fought was Wood in her We're last fight. Wood. Yes. But she hasn't really fought any, like, big names. Sure. To show that, like, oh, she can do people the same way that Valentina has right. done people. So that's what makes me a little bit pensive. She does have some reach on her. Um, yeah, she's big. She does have a, a really high takedown accuracy, 86%. Um, she will throw up subs, but yeah. it's just so hard because, I mean, at this point, Valentina has to, like, lose to herself, it feels like. She has to not take somebody serious because right. she's just dominated everybody. Who was Santos lost to? Um, uh, it was in the, it was in her first fight in the UFC, I think. It was in the UFC. Uh, I want to uh, say Romero Barella. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't like a. It was a split decision. Yeah, it was her first fight in the UFC. Yeah, I, I'm gonna be honest. I just don't feel like <laughs> there's much here. I mean, it, if Santos goes out there and you know does what she does and she can knock out um, Shevchenko or out, you know maybe even out Grappler, kudos to her, man. But at this point, I based on what Shevchenko's done. I, there's no reason in my mind why she's sure. going to lose. But in to but, be fair, Amanda Nunes was yes, in that same Yes, yes, we said the position. same thing. Yeah. Well, you we could go back and listen to the Pena, and we said all the same stuff. Right. But for me, if I'm going to compare Shevchenko and Nunes, I think Nunes relies a lot on power. Sure. Um, she's a big hitter, and right. I think, you know, we can say whatever we want about the fight with um, who she just lost, Pena. Um, but with Shevchenko, man, she's just always completely dialed in yeah she goes out there and does to other people what they expect to do to her yeah. so i i'm i don't think i based on what i've seen from shevchenko and based on what i know about santos which mm-hmm. isn't a ton um right. i just don't think santos is gonna have much for her. i think like i said that the you know she she's got a very you know thai 
boxing style. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of Tyler Santos's thing. Um, but I think the ground game is something that a lot of people too look at this fight of like, cause we have seen Valentina using a lot of wrestling lately and she's even talked about wanting to implement that a little bit more into her game, you know, her, her jujitsu and different things like that. And I think a lot of people are thinking this ain't the fight to do that, you know? So if it plays out on the feet, it, it, you know, I'm not saying it becomes 50, 50 because they're two completely different styles of striking and how they go about things. Um, but it is tough, man, because like, okay, if people I, said they shouldn't, that she shouldn't wrestle Andrade. But see, so that's what I was actually just getting ready to bring up the Andrade <laughs> fight because I think that's one of her toughest, at least on paper, like how yeah. we're going into it, test. But she was so much bigger than Andrade, right? Mm-hmm. And she's smaller than. I mean, Talos Santos is pretty big for the division too. Um, so I don't know, man. It, I, here's the thing: it's just because I don't even look at like you know Valentina as like one of the greatest women champion female champions of all time i mean she is just becoming one of the greatest ufc champions of all time i mean yeah. she's just running through people but this is a really tough test and i think we've seen her face people before that had certain tangible attributes that like oh this could be you know like marina rodriguez or something or who uh Hoochie fight where it was like, oh, she could, she has the reach on her and the striking, but she didn't really have anything for her in terms right. of the ground. I think people just see Tyla as that first opponent that is really going to be able to kind of bring everything. She has the size. She has decent striking. She has decent grappling. So it's mm-hmm. like, I think everybody just sees that she's got everything. To but the, can you beat Shevchenko with decent anything? We're going to find out. Yeah. We are going to find out. You know, when, when you look down her I don't record, know. <laughs> you got like... Can she grapple better than Chikagian or Liz Carmouche? Sure. Um, can she strike better than Joanna or Holly Holm? Or, right. um, I mean, I I totally forgot that Valentina has lost to Liz Carmouche in 2010. That's one of her three losses. Sure. It was a TKO. So maybe grappling, but now she's a way different grappler. So yeah, you're, you're just sure. kind of pulling at straws at this point of like, well, maybe this, maybe this. So, I mean, I hope it's a good fight. Um, for Santos because I do think she has a lot of potential and maybe you know if Valentina doesn't exist in this division somebody like her could be the one at the top of it so maybe we can see what that looks like just how she how she fares against him but I'm gonna go ahead and make my pick I'm gonna say Valentina I'm gonna stick with second round TKO I think it's gonna be a a filling out process maybe early and then she, I think she's gonna turn it up I'm gonna go Valentina but I think she's going to have to do it late I think she's gonna have to drag Santos uh, into those championship rounds where she's probably not gonna be as experienced obviously um, so I will say Valentina and I just because of what Brandon said with the whole um, she does things to people you know what they're supposed to do to her so I will say Valentina um, I'm gonna say fourth round submission nice. oh, okay so I think uh I'm going to go with Valentina, fourth-round TKO, but I have a feeling she's going to get on top, get into the top crucifix position, and get a TKO that way. I feel like that's been nice. her her kind of MO. It has been. She's been using a lot of that grappling. Interesting. Interested to see if she's going to use it this week, though, because mm-hmm. I'm telling you, the tangibles are there. Everything's there. Mm-hmm. Boys, the last fight that we are going to feature, another banger. Oof. In the women's division, the rematch, Zhang Weili versus Joanna Jojacek. Boys, this rematch is two years in the making. Mm-hmm. The first fight between these two ladies happened in March of 2020. Um, it was the UFC strawweight title and for the UFC strawweight title and ended up being fight of the year, I'm pretty sure, that year. Uh, Weili did get the win that night, but definitely a bit of a controversial, bit controversial in some fans' eyes. Um, you know, you could probably ask 10 fans who they had winning it and it'd be split 5-5, five and five, you know, just mm-hmm. very, very close, marginal fight. I personally did think Weili won it. I actually rewatched it again this week. Um, I want to 
of got lumped up. Yeah, I think that, yeah, the optics Ooh. of the, the lump weren't great, for Ooh. sure. Ooh. Um, but since that fight, Wei Lee, interestingly enough, on a two-fight losing streak, uh, lost back-to-back title fights to Rose Namajunas and Joanna, who uh, some still consider to be the best strawweight of all time, has not fought. So Since the loss. Since the Wei loss. Lee. She's mm-hmm. not fought in two years. Wow. Um, so what do you guys, we'll just start there. Uh, what do you guys think about Joanna taking such a tough fight and a rematch at that after a little over two year layoff? That's a lot. That, especially since Wei Lee, somebody who's, yeah, you just got the two losses, but look at the differences in those two losses. Right. Yeah. Right. Wei Lee's somebody who in a short amount of time has really had an uptick with her wrestling yes. and her grappling. Yeah. So she's only added and compounded to that, which we saw in the Rose fight. Um, so to me, man, I think that's... You know, Joanna's fighting an uphill battle here because Wei Li's done nothing but fight and improve and stay active. And yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the two losses are there, but they're to a uh, champ. Yeah, you know? you know, and so I don't know. I think uh, we'll see how it works out for Joanna. But to me, that's Wei Li taking advantage. I think the reason why I made a thing about the two losses, like yes, they're to a champ. Yes, they are to Rose. But I think at some point too, you know. Like, what's the mental toll on that as well? Right. Like, where's her confidence at? Like, is she able to look at it as like, oh, I just lost to the best, you know, one of the best females in the world? Um, or, you know, is it something where it's like, I mean, that could be tough, you mm-hmm. know, to lose two in a row in the UFC title fights. Yeah. And then, I mean, and it could go the same way for not fighting for two years, too, after after a loss like that where you got yeah. lumped up and I mean yeah. that the opt like you said the optic but you know you had to go home and look at yourself after that fight like man I don't know if I want to do this again you know with this person especially so so this is where I'm gonna get mean mm-hmm. so, I love I I really like Joanna is probably I think when when she came into the UFC she really made me like excited Carla about Sparza? yeah I mean really excited about you know women's MMA in general even more so than Ronda. I really seriously question Joanna's hunger, though, to, for this sport. Mm-hmm. I question her dedication. I I went back and I did some research. And if you do research and you find different, at Neon Belly Podcast, let us know. I couldn't find any reason why she hasn't fought in two years. Um, in terms of injury, layoff, COVID, I didn't see it. Um, so my only thought is she's big into her Instagram modeling stuff. I think you got out of a fight where you got jacked up. Yeah. Couldn't do your modeling for a couple months, which, hey, fair play to her. I know they make a lot of money doing that stuff. You know, Paige Van Zandt's been very open about how much more she makes doing Instagram posts than fighting in the UFC or she did in the UFC. Fair play. But sometimes I feel like, was it that... You, yeah, you needed time to come back. A year off after a fight like that, fair. I right. totally get it. That was a tough, tough fight, right? I mean, mm-hmm. she took some damage, broke her nose, if you guys don't remember. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the fourth, I mean, in that thing, she got cracked and her nose instantly, like you saw it just, you know, mm-hmm. it was twisted up. Um, but I can't help but think that she was like, I got to keep making Instagram posts and I can't do it with a hematoma on my forehead, black eyes and a broken nose. I want to say there was an interview she did or I read something. I might be wrong on this, but I'm almost positive. I read something that she had said she wants a title fight or a big money fight. And Dana was like, well, we can't give her a title. Sure. Like, just doesn't make sense. Um, so this was the closest thing to that. Yeah. So there might be some Conor McGregor ploys here where we're just waiting for how much money can we get, which even then you yeah. start to question, well, what is your hunger then at that point? If you're right. not, you know, you're not hungry to just fight anybody. You sure. want, you know, money and, and uh, implications on the line. And for fair, and for people that are like, oh, but John Jones, what about John? John Jones ain't, he doesn't 
posts on social media where, where he's advertising things. He, like he's not an Instagram influencer or trying to be a mm-hmm. model or anything like that. Like I'm just saying like, once again, completely understand the aspect, get your money. Mm-hmm. If people want to pay, I miss the Joanna that showed up in like three X jackets with a Yankees fitted on. <laughs> he's like wearing men's jeans and Timberland boots. Like, you right. know what I mean? Like, and, and like, I just saw her post today that like, she's, you know, posing in a pool in Sing- Singapore at the hotel. And she's like, this is the place to be. And it's like, okay, that's definitely an ad placement. Like, you know what? And then yeah. she tagged the hotel and it's mm-hmm. like, your, your focus. Where's your focus? I, I can't, are you really there to fight? Or are you there to promote this hotel? Mm-hmm. I, you know what I mean? Like, that's good yeah. question. And here's the thing. She goes out and starches, looks good. I mean, she looked great in that last Whaley fight, and she was already starting to do a lot of this. You know, she was very open. We can say she had the breast job, you know, all that stuff. She was open about it. She was open. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, she was already getting into this type of lifestyle and looked great. I mean, there was nothing that she did wrong in that fight. But in these last two years, I just I just question it, man. I, and, and it's hard for me not to, I guess. Yeah. Well, Meanwhile, again, Waylee's been fighting. She's and just been evolving. She wrestling. shaved her freaking She's, head off because yeah. her hair was in her way. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's it's just, I just seriously question going into this for Joanna. Where is your mindset? Because here we are, fight week, and you're promoting a hotel by the pool. Yeah. And it, it just is what it is. And maybe she, hey. <laughs> I'll eat my words next Monday. Check, come back, Neon Billy Podcast. But, uh, if I'm if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But well, that's just and, how I feel. And not to mention, she's two and four in her last six. She hasn't really looked. I mean, she did. It was obviously the way Lee fight was competitive because it was split. But yeah, she's lost to yeah, she's lost to Valentina. She's lost to Rose twice. Yeah, like so, it's not like she's been like dominating sure. and then took a break. Like that's some of these people, like like a John Jones. Like you didn't lose, you took time out. So it, the optic isn't the same. But right. she hasn't. I mean, and with the way Lee fight being a split, and then like I said, Way Lee's been evolving, adding yeah. things. It's tough to say that, like, it, you do have the potential of, well, Joanna is Joanna, but yeah. Wei Lee has also, you know, been taking more strides, yes. more active, and evolving more. Well, and so. it's making sacrifices too, right? Like, moving right. to America just to get better. And, like, you know, Joanna's all over the place, right? She's taking pictures in Hawaii and in this mm-hmm. island and on this island and in this ho- mm-hmm. hotel. And it's like, I just, I just don't know, man. Like, are you, you know, Conor McGregor. Yes, he is a little crazy, but dude, that dude puts a gym on his yacht. There's a there's a McGregor fast gym on his yacht. Right. He's at least hitting bags. You know, I, right. I don't know. Like, I don't know. It just I'm just saying it is what it is. Let's get to our picks. That's my alrighty. <laughs> well, I'm I'm gonna go with Whaley. Um, I'm gonna say by decision. I think she's gonna be able to use some grappling. Um, take some, hopefully take some notes from these last two rows fights and start implementing a couple different things. Yeah. And, you know, just staying on that, see how the, you know, camp two with Cejudo does, like a full camp with Cejudo does. So I'm going to stick to the mean Nate theory here. And I think Whaley starts teeing off on her. Joanna knows that she's got ads to do next week. And (laughs) (laughs) no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Yeah. I'm going to say Whaley here as well. I think, um, yeah, just I'm interested. I think she's gonna wrestle her. I don't know why. I just feel like mm-hmm. she's gonna just kind of look to dominate the stand up. Not that she looked bad. I mean, she kind of landed the bigger shots in that fight. Obviously, mm-hmm. I mean, you can kind of tell. But um, I think she's gonna really look to wrestle her here, possibly even finish her. I'm taking Zhang Wei Li. I'm gonna say third round submission. I'm going submissions. I think we're gonna see some subs yeah. this week. Let's go jujitsu. I think I picked <laughs> Wei Li for submission twice, and she's failed me. Um, so I'm gonna go with second round. TKO, knockout TKO for right. Willie. For Willie, 
Nice. Also on this card, real quick, boys, in the flyweight division, Rogerio Bontarin versus Manel Cop in the men's flyweight division. I really, really want Manel Cop to be good. Mm. I just, want, I just want him to be good. Two knockouts and two first round knockouts he's, in a row. He's though, turned so. it around, but man, you just see that. <laughs> I, him I just want, dude, like you see his fights outside before he came to the <laughs> UFC, and then you just see him now, and it's like, please just be what you were. Yeah, dude, well, that was to be me fair, his in, first in fight, Aspen, man. Yeah. Same thing. His first fight was Pantoja, though. I mean, yeah, he was thrown right into the fire. So. Um, uh, then on the undercard, Brendan Allen's back in action. Mm-hmm. Also, Andre Fialo. Shout out to him. Fighting for the third straight month in a row. He Jeez. fought in April, May, and now June on a two-fight win streak. Um, and uh, he's going against the always tough Aussie, Jack, uh, Jake Matthews. I mm-hmm. mean, a good fight there on the undercard. Uh, boys, we're going to move on to rank the unranked. No, uh, no song this week for that one. No song for this one. Uh, <laughs> we, we probably should just come up with like a general like segmented. This is a segment. This is a neon belly segment. <laughs> <laughs> rank the unranked. Uh, we are going to rank five of the hottest unranked prospects in the UFC. Um, I asked these guys to do uh, consider, you know, somewhat consider what they've done, uh, but then what you think um, their potential or ceiling is within their division, given who's at the top of each division. Um, and we're going to rank these guys number one through number five. We're also, obviously, I mean, going to start with the lowest, number five. Um, and they these fighters are, in no particular order yet, Patty Pimblett, Alex Pajeda, Saeed Nurmagomedov, Umar Nurmagomedov, and Chitty Injikawani. Um, so, boys, we are going to kick this off. I want John to start. Give us, out of those five, who is your lowest-ranked, unranked fighter in the UFC? My lowest-ranked is Patty Pimblett. Okay. I have him at five. I think he's shown a really good chin in recovery. He's a really good finisher, eight subs, six knockouts. But he has yet to have a full clean showing in the UFC. And at that division, at lightweight, you kind of have to be clean when you start getting up to the top. You can't let people hit you sure. when you get higher up. So I, I feel like out of everybody, he's kind of shown the most like, like, all right, man, let me see you put together something clean. So that's why I have him at my fifth. So major, so you had made, you describing this segment. Um, so a majority of what I'm basing this off is what you said, where it's kind of what do I project the ceiling to be yeah. based on their division, who's in front of them, yeah. and then you know like what you sure. said, what they've done. So my number five is Chitty. Oh, wow. He's got three fights in the UFC. I think the first one was the contender fight, mm-hmm. and then the two wins after that. But if you go back and look at who he's fought, I don't know any of those people. And, like, I, I'm just I mean, he not... Just, he just beat Todorovic. Right, which, outside of that, yeah. though, so who's Todorovic beat that was impressive? I have to look at his record, man. Nobody. But he's, he's been in the UFC, though. He's beat, he has uh, had some high-profile fights. a lot of people have been in the UFC. He, beat Fial- he knocked out Fialo. Todorovic? No, Chitty. Yeah. You're saying you didn't know anybody that he's fought. Mm, but, I mean, it's it's still, again, based on where they're going in terms of what I've seen, I've got him at number five. Okay. That's a hot take, baby. Yeah. My number five is also Patty Pimblett. Mm. Just echoing everything John said, I think when you look at the top of the lightweight division, he's going to have to go through some killers, and I just haven't seen enough yet to believe that he's ready to contend there or could. Um, so moving on to number four, John, who is your number four ranked, unranked opponent? All right. My number four is Alex Pereira. And I said, and this is what I have. I think he could easily be number one or two. He just doesn't have as much showing in MMA. Sure. Um, he's had two impressive showings in the UFC, last one being his best opponent, but he's only 6-1. and one. 
his loss being a submission. He hasn't really fought like guys who are going to take him. We just haven't seen what the, all sure. his game. Um, but if he wins his next fight, it doesn't matter because he's beat number four and he'll sure. be a tighter contender. But out of these, as far as because like if if Sean Strickland goes out and just wrestles him and dominates him and there's nothing for him to offer, then he moves back down sure. on that potential list in that division for me. Yes. So my number four is. Also, Alex Pereira. How do you say it? Pereira. Pereira. I think Pejera. it's. Uh, I think it's actually. Pejera. I think it's actually Alex Pereira. Mm. Alex. So I have him at number four as well. Um, again, he's. How many pro fights does he have? Isn't it only he's like six, six and one. Six, yeah, yeah, that's not a in lot. In MMA, yeah. yes, a lot um, of kickboxing fights. Though. Mm-hmm. Right, tons of kickboxing fights. Two wins over Adesanya, the champ. In um, kickboxing. In kickboxing. One's a knockout. That's impressive. Very right. Um, but MMA is a totally different story. And what I've seen from him, I mean, he's got the wins. But the grappling is real sketch. Yes. I mean, it's real rough. For sure. Because um, he's, I just, yeah. I mean, and, and his, to his credit, I don't think that division's a very wrestling heavy division. So that's a good no. thing for I, him. Yeah, that's a good, that's a um, very good point. Yeah. But as soon as he gets like somebody like a Strickland who's like, well, this guy sucks at wrestling. I'll just wrestle right. him. Marvin or Vittori. Vittori or, or Hermanson or somebody Whitaker's like that. His wrestling more. I, it could be dark days. But sure. if he's, you know, let's see, if he squeaks through Strickland, um, Strickland and they give him Adesanya because He's not a wrestler either. No, right. Yeah. Um, and he knows he can beat him. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's a oh. different game. Oh, if that fight happens, you remember what I said. Oh, yeah. You're going to see Izzy in the Iowa Hawkeyes <laughs> wrestling room, yep. baby. He's, you're, every, every Izzy training <laughs> vlog, he's going to have headgear on. Yep. Uh, my number four, actually, funny enough, is Pajeda as well. Everything echoing you guys said. Um, but I do think this is sitting here today. He beat Sean Strickland. Yeah, he's number he, one. He could be almost yeah number one. Number he's going to be ranked. But I think a, because I think a lot of that though is because it's easy. Sure, it's it's a quick path. But in terms yeah. of where his ceiling, if he reaches the ceiling of a title contender, that's the highest level in the sport besides winning it. So, right. um, but yes, as it sits here today. Alex Pajeda is my and there's only four. And there's only one other fighter that we can think of that gets in the UFC and in two fights they're fighting a high-profile guy, and we just talked about him, Yuri Prohoshka. Yep. Well, And this guy got a, a number four-ranked guy not being ranked. How many fights did Hamza have before he fought Gilbert? Three? Five, four or five? Oh, yeah. Because so, yeah. yeah. remember, he fought like three really yeah, quick. two, mm-hmm. and then Gerald. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So number three, our number three-ranked, unranked opponent, John, kick us off. I have Saeed as my number three. Um, his last win was really impressive against Cody Stallman. He had a sub. He has four subs and four KOs. He's well-rounded. But he does have the most recent loss out of everybody on the list. Um, and he has been beat by decision a couple times. But I do think he has a really good fighting style for the top ten of the division, just being a rangy striker who can also use his submissions. And he has good wrestling. Brandon. My number three is Patty. Patty Pimlet. So that's okay. kind of middle of the pack. And the reason mm-hmm. being... I know I give Patty a lot of flack, and I'm still standing behind that. I don't, I don't like what I've seen. But if you go back and look at Patty's record, I mean, it's not bad. He's got three losses. Sure. One was real early in the career. The other two were a bit later. Um, and he's got the star power. He's got the skill. I mean, they're kind of there. But Patty's problem is he's in the deepest division in the UFC. Sure. I mean, it is a deep it's division. Tough. So if you look at the top 15, man, it is rough. I mean, it is it just killers. And based on the two fights we've seen from Patty, it's – Mm. If you're going to come in and make a statement for 55, you don't want to look um, like you might have some holes, and he looked like he might have some holes. So that's why I've got I've got him at number three because I do think he potentially could be a star and huge, and he could make it up there. But it's just 
he's got a lot stacked against him. So I've got him at number three. My number three is in the middleweight division, Chitty Injikawani. Um, <clears throat> kind of a lot of what Brandon just said. You know, this division's not wrestling heavy. And Todorovic, you know, I said after the last fight, Chitty's going to face tougher wrestlers, like you said, Marvin Rattori, this and that. But we have seen Chitty with a tough wrestler in that division, uh, in Todorovic, get up off of his back sprawl uses hips his athleticism like i said um i think the ceiling's really high for him as a really high level striker that can just put guys lights out mm-hmm. um with one punch and i like the route that he's taking over Pajeda, where he is developing a little bit slower right you know he's not jumping up and taking a huge fight well we'll see what his next one but so far he's taken a definite uh bit of a slower route which i like so you think jitty's a better striker than Al- alex Ooh, no, I don't know, but I think he's a better mixed martial artist. That's fair. So, uh, number two, John. My number two is Chitty. Um, I think he has what he has more experience than everybody on this list. Um, he has three straight impressive knockouts. Um, I feel like he has some really good wins, and I think with his ability to grapple, he's shown more of his tool set to win in that division. He is a black belt. So I, I just feel like over like Alex, and then like I said, you know, three knockouts in a row. And then to to overcome a you know a decorated wrestler in his last fight and do what he did. I mean, he did try that weird submission, but he was able to get up from it. So it's not like it was such a big yeah. risk that it cost him the fight. So yeah, and, but fight IQ that is the stuff moves he moves up. He cannot make those right. mistakes. So, but yeah, I know what you're saying. But I do think the power is just an X factor. Is he yeah. just and he, I mean when you do have that much experience, he's almost playing with house money right now. Where it's like sure. I'm gonna just keep knocking people out until somebody stops me. And I, I just think he has a lot of potential, especially. Especially as we've seen, like, he's not necessarily like Izzy, but we've seen a high-level striker dominate the division, and I think he's one of those guys. Brandon. So my number two is Saeed Nurmagomedov. Um, I think he just has a lot to offer that division. I think he matches up well with um, everybody at the top. And I and that 35 is a pretty deep division, too. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go look at that in top 10, I, I don't remember. So, well, Saeed's obviously not ranked, but... Um, yeah, based on his last performance with Stamen especially, I just think he's another guy who's kind of evolving very quickly. Sure. And um, I don't know. I'm, I've kind of got a theory that last name Nurmagomedov, it's the same way with Mahachev right now. It might take a bit for him to be offered or, or to get fights against really high-ranked guys because mm-hmm. I just have a feeling people aren't going to want to fight him the same way a lot of people didn't yeah. want to fight. Um, oh, man. He doesn't fight for 45 anymore. Had the crazy hair. Oh, uh, Zabit. Yes, Zabit. Same guy. He, he had a lot of problems trying to get you know big fights. People don't want to fight him. I have a feeling that might be a little bit of the story with Saeed, but potentially I think he could really, really rise to the ranks. So my one and two are really like 1A and 1B. But for the sake of the exercise, my number two is Umar Nurmagomedov. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so Umar, so this is... I basically based this decision on the top of the division, and I feel like Umar, when I think about if he had to fight Volkov or, you know, uh, Alexander Volkanovsky tomorrow, how I think he would stack up. And I'm telling you, man, I just think I've gained so much respect for Volkanovsky lately um, that I just don't know that I could 100% say that I would feel really good about him in that fight or that matchup. Um, but, I mean, I do think he's for sure a future title contender. Uh, so, my number two, Umar Nurmagomedov. Mm-hmm. Moving on. John, who is your number one ranked, unranked fighter? My number one is Umar. Um, he's undefeated. Um, eight of his 14 being finishes, seven subs. He's shown that he can mix it up with his striking as well as his grappling. But I think that 
at the top of that division, there's very, like, you know, you have like a Ortega and some good grapplers, but not necessarily people who mix up the wrestling and the grappling. See, I just even think like a Max, though. Like, Max is so good at. And I mean, facing guys like that, I just I don't know yet. But here's the other thing too for Umar's, we don't know how long it's going to take him to get up there. Yeah, and Max might not be there. Volkanovski might not be there. It could be you know some of these younger guys. But I think the way that there's only a handful of high level grapplers I feel like in the top ten, and I feel like the way he's mixing up his wrestling and submissions, and then he mixes up with striking. Um, Dynamic striking, yeah, yeah. Not like I think, one twos and tees. I think that last fight. I mean, I've, I've it's hard to see many fights that felt like easier for somebody. Like, he just made it look so easy against a really tough guy in Brian. So, uh, is it Kelleher? Kelleher? Kelleher. Yeah, Kelleher. So, I think Umar has it. Um, he's my number one unranked just because I think he just has a really good skill set for that division. Same for me, man. Number one is Umar. Um, echoing a lot of what John said, I just think his ability to you – know, we've talked a lot about, like, with Umar – kind of being like an evolved version of Habib a little bit just because he has that striking. I rewatched his fight with uh, Matt. I think it was Matt Henry. His first name was Matt. Mm -hmm. And he's, you know, 30 seconds in, he's throwing wheel kicks to the head. Like, you know, yeah. Habib and those guys, as great wrestlers they are, they're not doing that. Yeah. Um, Umar, confident enough in his grappling to do it, and he's doing it with finesse. You know, I think, again, yeah, I just think the ceiling's really high. He's undefeated. Um, I think he could be a major player. So, yeah, so my number one, obviously, then, like I said, 1A, 1B for me. I mean, both mm -hmm. both these Nurmagomedov guys are decent, right? All of them. But yeah. My number one is going to be Saeed Nurmagomedov, though. Um, basically, to me, looking at the top of the 35 and 45, uh, Saeed is a really dynamic striker, I think, as well. I think beating the Stamen fight, that shows a lot because Stamen is so tough, man, mm -hmm. and he's so well-rounded. Um, and, like, if I look at, like, your Aljos, you know – yeah, Aljo's a good grappler, but I feel like Saeed could be a better striker than Aljo. Mm -hmm. When I look at Piotr, we just saw what Aljo did to Piotr in terms of like um, the the grappling, right? The takedown. I think Saeed could do that all day long mm -hmm. to a guy like Piotr, you know, uh, Corey Sanhagen. You know, some of these guys at the top. 35 is deep, man. It is yeah. really deep. But uh, I definitely like how Saeed matches up with those guys a little bit more, I think, as of right now, than mm -hmm. Umar. Uh, you know, Umar's got a tough fight next with Nate Manus. I'm really interested to see that oh, yeah. one. Um, so I think that one's going to be another stepping stone for Umar in that, he that journey. This list. Who? Nate. Nate? Yeah, he's had a nice nice run so far. Uh, so that's it. Uh, if we left any out, though, that you feel like deserved to be on this list, let us know. These were the five that we kind of felt like were the hottest unranked names right now in the UFC. But if your list is different or you think we left somebody off, definitely let John know. Yeah, I'll be on TikTok <laughs> letting you guys know everything. Yeah. Uh, speaking of John, let's get to the news. Going on the news. Uh, going on the news. Uh, uh. And if you don't like it, Brandon will punch you and give you a bruise. The news. That's just a banger every time. Mm. Well, I'm going to start things off um, with something very controversial that's coming out. Is uh, I don't know, I've talked to Nathan about this. I haven't talked to you, Brandon. Did you see John McCarthy's comments saying... Would I mind seeing Nick Diaz against Kamaru? No, I wouldn't. Other than this, Kamaru would stand up with him until he starts getting lit up, and then he's going to go and use his wrestling. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's For somebody so decorated, I just feel like that's just a, a crazy Well, he said he thought make. Nick could beat Kamaru. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know how you can watch his last fight with Robbie Lawler and then say that. I don't get it. Right. John McCarthy said some pretty yeah. off the wall things. Like, I mean, obviously the dude's super knowledgeable about the sport. You know, he knows more than us three, but 
optics are optics, dude. We all have two eyes and yeah. <laughs> understand the sport. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, I would have loved to have just been in the room, just kind of give some follow up questions. Like, yeah, what is Josh Thompson doing on that episode? Where he's like, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, poor Josh. Did Thompson. he? Did yeah. he respond? No, I, I mean, I didn't listen to the episode. That's just a okay. quote that got posted on Twitter. But I was yeah. just like, that's crazy. He's um, one of those guys, though. Josh Thompson's one of those guys who will say like, John, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, he'll just call right, him out. Sure. So maybe he did. Uh, some other interesting news: Tony Ferguson's back with Freddie Roach. He's uh, back to training with him. Because that works so well the right. first time. Uh, but, I mean, what? it's... I think he kind of called him out, though, too. I don't, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. Um, he's definitely going up, right? I mean, he's posting pictures, or he is has to jacked. Be. He's going to 70. Have um, you seen him? Yeah, I saw the one with him standing next to the pipe or whatever he was holding. Dude, he's, like, looking beefy. Yeah. Possibly tweet of the week for me. Hobby Lobby or Abu Dhabi? It don't matter. Give me a top five guy, I Bryce Mitchell. <laughs> I saw <laughs> Which that. I, th- I think he's deserving. Uh, I think he's um, he definitely needs to – maybe stuff like that will get him I his thought attention. him and Ivloyev would be a good one. Yeah. You know? mm, yeah, but Mitchell just beat uh, Barbosa, Barbosa, so he yeah. probably wants – he probably don't want to go down. I don't know if you guys have yeah. seen this weird uh, Dustin Poirier and Michael Chandler both like saying how much they deserve to fight Connor over each other. <laughs> But it's been very weird. Dustin's calling Chandler Chinny, even though he's saying that he can't take punches from guys like him and Connor. And then obviously Chandler's calling him out as well. I, I think this weird battle to fight Connor is kind of funny. But Dustin wants to fight Connor again. It seems like it. Everybody wants to fight Connor. Everybody Connor. wants to complain about Connor jumps the line, but then who does not have Connor in RDA their mouth right now? Fight him, everybody Masvidal's calling him out. Justin so Chandler. What I, what I saw with the Poirier Chandler stuff was what was essentially Poirier is struggling to find somebody to fight him, right? And then he was kind of calling Chandler out for some stuff. And he's called out Diaz, dude. Like I love Dustin, but he's like I don't know if it's like I don't know. It, it's just, his his Twitter account's been very interesting yeah. lately. Cause I, I love Dustin, too. But my thing was he passed over Chandler because he's jumping the line. He's coming in. He doesn't deserve to fight me, all this stuff. And then Chandler comes out and beats Tony, and now yeah. all of a sudden, he, He's apparently passing Diaz and eight Diaz, yeah. too. I mean, it's yeah, like, it's, what? It's a, it's a weird division right now yeah. with the people then, in it. And then, like, talked all that smack to Colby, and then Colby called him out, and he had nothing to say about that either. Mm. Like, mm. dude, what are you doing? Like, oh, I'm not going to go. Like, I'll go fight him because he's bigger than me. Like, yeah, oh. it's... It's weird. Uh, um, Gige actually called Giga Chikatse called out fright for a Korean zombie. Yeah, I saw. Which that. I think that's I'd sign me up for that all it's day. It's a good one. Yeah. Um, Nobody's uh, saying no to that. No. Um, interesting. Also, we have um, John Dotson signing to Bare Knuckle. Saw that. They're just scraping up everybody at this point. Um, which I mean, he's he's an exciting striker guy. So it'll be interesting to see how sure. his movement does in that. He's looking old. Um, we also have coming over here, Bo Nickel. We can talk about that. Uh, yeah. Made his pro debut look good. Also says that he would tap out Khabib in sixty seconds in a wrestling match. Was that uh, was that the was that a first round knockout, Bo guy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He uh, looked good really shot. good. Yeah, really good striking. So that's that's definitely exciting. Um, we got some sweet fight announcements. Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson getting his rematch with the one FC champion Adriano Moraes. Um, if people remember, he got in there. You can do the knees to the head, right? Yeah. So he got took out by that. That's, if, that's what is that kind of what? No, it was the Aljamain thing that started that. But I know that you were a big fan of. Mighty did you guys go see it? No. Did you see how you haven't seen? Him oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the end of the fight. It yes. looks because you talk about optics. Yeah, Woo! yeah, it's bad. It's bad. I do remember that. Um, it's good for Mighty Mouse. Interesting if, if Mighty Mouse loses that if if he's done. Yeah. I, I mean, know. what what would be left? He's for you? thirty and four. 
Um, he just beat the uh, Muay Thai champ that they have. So, yeah, yeah, so this will be a big one for him. We also got some good fight announcements. Uh, a boy we just talked about recently, Jelton Almeida, mm-hmm. fighting Shamil. How do you say that one? Abdul Rahimov. Abdul Rahimov. Good for you, Nate. Those yeah. Are but yeah. he's, you know, he's staying at heavyweight. We talked about him being able to do light heavyweight and heavyweight, and this is a big jump for him. Um, very exciting for that. We also have uh, Alexa Grasso fighting Vivian Arujo. That's a big one. Yeah, August 13th. Winner of that. That could be title contention for sure. Right. I, I mean, I'm, I just brought up Alexa last week on yeah. our, our segment. Uh, also, the next Connor, Ian Gary, fighting <laughs> Gabe Green on UFC 273 July 2nd. So he's getting back in there. Yep. Um, and the last thing I have is last night, Devin Haney defeating George Cambosos Jr., in Marvel Stadium in Australia, really wasn't all that close. No. Uh, looked really good, man. He's, I mean, Kimbosis landed some big shots, but I mean Haney just that jab, his man. his Ooh. that jab in his defense, man. He's just out oh, of yeah, he stays out of way. Crazy. Now you look at um, he, there is an or there is a immediate rematch clause that George Kimbosos wanted. If he takes that like next like. I thought I saw. Uh, I think Hawani said like he should treat it like the money in the case briefcase, where you can just cash it in whenever. Right. But he should definitely go fight a guy. Mm. And I thought because Kimbosis went up to take that fight, right? No, that's a, he just it's fought. Um, he just Lopez. Looked a, he looked a oh yeah Tiafomo, but he looked a lot smaller than Haney to yeah. me. Like I, like maybe not a full weight. I don't know. Like it just seemed like they're the just size. built different for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I think he could afford to put some size on. Like maybe bulk up a little bit. Well, he's a little bit older too. Haney's only twenty three. He just um, Haney is bow down maybe. Yeah, I mean, that dude is take a bow. I mean, I just I was just blown away by every and aspect. And people of what, like to call him like an email champion and a title holder because he hadn't beat a champ to get his belt. Yeah. Um, but now, I mean, now he's the linear champion, which means he holds the belts there. Um, yeah. There is the instant rematch clause with Cambosos in Australia, but you do have Lomachenko sitting there who was supposed to get the winner. Yeah. You have Tank Davis who just won last week. You have Ryan Garcia. So there's a lot of huge uh, fights Garcia, for Devin Haney. Garcia's got to fight. Yeah, no, yeah, he's fighting so Fortuna. He, so he's out for sure. Um, but Devin Haney has definitely put himself on the map as a 23-year-old. And what's crazy yeah. is, you know, he didn't he didn't do the regular route to this, whereas a lot of guys do am- or do fights in right. America or whatever. This dude went to Tijuana and was just fighting anybody who was willing to fight him down in Mexico. How yeah. much does he weigh? Um, it's lightweight. 135? Yeah, 135 belt. How old was Mike Tyson when he got the belt? Oh, like, like 19 or something? Or yeah, like heavyweight, he was, right? Yeah. yeah, he was like young, young. And and undersized, like mm-hmm. more impressive. Yeah, so that's, that's it, got. boys. Uh, Brandon, you got song of the week. Let us know. So, just finished Stranger Things. Have you started any? No, dude. I just watched oh. another episode. Of, <laughs> I only watched like three episodes of Ozark. Got bored. So last night I was like, I'll watch another one, and got even more bored. <laughs> so I'm I'm still trying to like get through that. I told you, man. It was. You might want to just flip over to Stranger Things. For Stranger a bit. Things is so good, man. Um, but so in honor of that, so the song of the week is going to be Kate Bush. Running up the hill, running up that hill. I have to hear it. Is it in the? Uh, so it's in the series. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm pretty sure it was in one of the earlier seasons too. Okay. Yeah, so all right, little Stranger Things. I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, John, what is your one for the people? Uh, my the, one for the that people. doesn't involve Stranger Things. My one for the people is do the stuff you like doing, man. Don't don't worry about what other people think. Don't sell out like Brandon. Yeah, just do do the stuff you like, man. And <laughs> life's too short to worry about what other people think. So. Watch the shows you like. Go do the stuff you like. Do cartwheels out in the grass or whatever. Whatever you want to do, man. Brandon, 
What is your one for the people? Mm, come back to me. Okay. Uh, my one for the people. Let's see. Uh, Brandon almost didn't even show up today. Mm. I give this guy an intro last week. He demands that we do it again this week. I'm like, Brandon, we can't do it every single week. And he's like, oh, then I'm not coming. So thank you for showing up. Uh, and keep showing up. You know, that's what I say to people. Just That's my one. Just keep showing up for the people that care, you know. That'd be nice. me to keep showing up. Yeah. Yeah. All right, my one for the people is... Uh, <laughs> I had to give him a little inspiration. <laughs> Tee him up a little bit. Thanks. Now I'm mad. <laughs> this is going to be a compliment. My, my one for the people That's, that's going to be the episode right oh there. Oh, my no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm going, go, go ahead. Go ahead. My, go ahead. my one for the people <laughs> is... Oh, I just want to I just want to give Nate some appreciation. Oh, you do a lot you. for the podcast. Oh, you do a you. lot of work behind the scenes, research, you know, notes. You're the most prepared guy every single time. Oh, you know, you. you're really just kind of the light that kind of guides the way for us. And, so now, and now you're making me feel bad. I don't feel like we, we, we say that enough. <laughs> so I really want to, I want to take a moment to just let him, let you know, Nate, that I just really so appreciate you. If you're listening to this and you know, Brandon, I feel like he's being a little, put, put your mic down and clap for him. <laughs> what, dude. what more can I do? You know, to, to just demonstrate there, my appreciation. If, if you know, Brandon, you know, the real intent behind this. <laughs> he loves you, man. Mm. See, everybody thinks Brandon's this like little innocent guy. He's not. Did that, did that sound in, disingenuous to you? No. I well, thought, well then I'm going to take it as genuine. I'm going to say thank you. But Good. I appreciate Good. what you do and keep showing up. Even oh, if we don't do a fact, don't care every week. I'll be here. I was here. I'm here. I know. I'll be here. Don't ever leave. We need you. Try not to. We need you. We don't, we don't, we don't really need John. But we need you, Brandon. <laughs> the, the most consistent person who shows up to everyone. <laughs> yeah. never we don't need that guy. John, John's, never. John's only got our attendance board, but no big deal. <laughs> That's it. I appreciate it. I love these guys. I love this podcast. We appreciate you guys for listening each and every Monday. Yeah, yeah. Please continue to do so. We will be back next Monday. Uh-huh. Recapping UFC 275 and getting you ready for the next one. As always, until then, peace. Goodbye.